Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Kevin Clark. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Switchcraft episode 189 is brought to you by Amazon Prime. I have been a member of Amazon Prime for a very long time. Uh, things that we used to go to the store for, we buy on Amazon. It just arrives two days later. They have a really good return policy, so anything that I'm not happy with, I send back. And in, in my opinion, it is one of the best subscription services you can have. Uh, why am I talking about it? Because if you use my link to Amazon Prime. You can get 30 days of Amazon Prime for free. That's free shipping, uh, Prime Music, Prime Video. It comes with Twitch Prime. And best of all, if you sign up to Amazon Prime using my link, you are directly supporting the show. So if you want to help out the show and check out Amazon Prime for free, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Amazon Prime. Okay, the first story for today is about something that I said that Nintendo should have done way back in January of 2017 uh, when they first unveiled the price of the Nintendo Switch. Now, we'll go back in time a little bit and talk about this. Nintendo uh, had had told us what the Switch was called, and then they didn't say anything about it for, let's see, from October until January. Uh, and I believe it was the end of January, if I'm I could be wrong about that. Maybe it was like January 10th. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, Nintendo just, they showed us a, the basics of what the Switch was. They told us that it was going to be called the Switch. They showed us that you could go to the park and uh, walk your dog while playing Zelda. Or you could be Karen and uh, go over to a rooftop party and bring your Switch. And everybody said, well, that's stupid. No one's going to do that. And then we all did that stuff. Um, so first off we didn't know how much it was going to be. And a lot of people were speculating that the price of the Nintendo Switch was going to be around $250. Uh, some people were even speculating that it would be $199. And because of that speculation, a lot of people bought into it. And a lot of people were, they convinced themselves that Nintendo was going to sell this console for 200 bucks or 250 at the most. So in January, when Nintendo said, uh, here's what you're getting, these are the specs of the system, and it's going to cost $299, uh, there was some backlash against Nintendo for that. Now, one of the things that I said when, it first, uh, when they first unveiled the, the price was, I thought that for the tech that is packed into the Joy-Cons and what you're getting with the Nintendo Switch, I felt like it was a fair price, and I... I said that before having ever touched the Nintendo Switch, and after owning one myself, uh, I completely, uh, I completely stand by my statement that it it continues to be definitely worth the three hundred dollars. Um, but 
I made a video back in January, uh, kind of talking about uh, January of last year, by the way, uh, talking about how Nintendo could charge less for the Nintendo Switch and make more money. And in order to do that, what they would have to do is sell a version of the Nintendo Switch, uh, basically make two versions of the Switch. One version, which is called the TV version, and one version, which is called the handheld version. And the only real difference between the two is the handheld version wouldn't come with a dock. And I figured they could probably sell that at 250 And then anybody who bought that version of the Switch, the the handheld version of the Switch or the base system, uh, they would have the Switch. And then if they wanted to upgrade to the TV version, then they could get the dock and the dock costs $90. So Nintendo would actually uh, on that sale be making, I think, $240, which is more, or I'm sorry, $340, which is more than Nintendo uh, was charging for the base system. So that kind of gives people options as to what it is that they want to buy. And, you know, Nintendo didn't do exactly this. Um, or actually, I think instead of 250, I think I said 220, which is much lower. Um, but so instead of making 340, I think that they would have made 310 or something like that. Uh, so eventually, uh, Nintendo must have listened to that video or something, which I doubt. Uh, but if they did, then you you guys can thank me for this. Uh, Nintendo is now uh, currently only in Japan. Uh, they are selling dockless Switch consoles. So a Switch console without the dock. Now, what does it come with? Well, it comes with everything that you normally get except for the dock and except for the AC adapter. Now, uh, how much do you pay for this? Well, again, like I said, this is in Japan and they've priced it in yen at 26,978 yen, which translates roughly to $244, which is about 50 bucks. And that's about $49 or about 50 bucks less than what the system sells for, uh, in Japan with the dock, which is 32,378 yen, which equates to roughly $293. Um, this is without the dock and without the AC adapter. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about real quick. I want to talk about uh, the AC adapter. And by the way, the video that I talked about, you can check out a link to that video in the show notes. It's uh, it, it just right in the show notes. It'll take you there. Uh, but the, the idea that there's no AC adapter is that's not great. However, Nintendo's done this before, so I guess we really shouldn't be too surprised. When they brought out the new Nintendo 3DS XL, um, the one that had the little C-stick, basically, and the one that had a little more power, and the one that had the ability to track your eyes so that if you were off-axis with the middle of the screen, it could shift the 3D effect a little bit, which was awesome, by the way. They shipped that system without a power cord in order to cut down on costs. And I can understand why Nintendo would want to do that. And my only real problem with that at the time was the fact that Nintendo 3DS uses a proprietary power cord, which I think is really, really scummy way to save money um, by uh, having... Um, having your device ship without a power cord and using a proprietary power cord. So then people would have to turn around and buy a power cord from you. 
The difference here, and the reason that I don't mind the fact that there's no power cord with this version of the Switch, is because the Switch uses USB-C. And USB-C is not proprietary, and a lot of people have USB-C cables running around, USB-C chargers running around. And because they have these chargers laying around, having one more is only going to add to another pile of wires that gets thrown in a bag somewhere and ignored. So I can under this makes perfect sense for them to do this, especially because Nintendo is marketing this to the public, and currently only in Japan, but they're marketing this to the public as... This is the system that you want. They're not marketing it the way that I would market it. I would market it as this is the handheld version, which you can upgrade to the TV version later. Uh, Nintendo is saying, hey, if you already have a Switch, here is another Switch where you can you already have a dock, you already have a power adapter. You don't need to have another one. You can just swap them out when you're done. And I think that that's a bad way to market it, but... You know, so far, Nintendo has been pretty doing pretty well with marketing on the Switch, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I am curious as to what you guys think about this. Do you think the fact that it's missing the uh, AC adapter, do you think that that's a big deal or not? What I'm going to do is I'm going to make a Twitter poll uh, that I will post. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at RunJumpStomp. Um, I will post that after the show today and uh, you guys can vote and let me know. What do you think? Do you think the inclusion of or the, how do I want to phrase it? The lack of an AC adapter is a deal breaker for you. Anyway, let me know on Twitter. All right. Speaking of Twitter polls, I did a Twitter poll last episode and I asked, are you guys excited for Mario Rabbids Donkey Kong DLC? And we had 34 votes, and I cannot believe the results. 50% said yes, and 50% said no. So that is really interesting to me. Um, Half of the people really care about it, and half of them don't care at all. Uh, So that is interesting. Uh, Anyway... Uh, oh, and we've got uh, one right now with two votes on the dockless Nintendo Switch uh, poll. 100% think it's a big deal. So I guess I must be in the minority here. Okay, I've actually forgot to talk about this. I made a post on my website, runjumpstomp.com, on the 21st, and I've done a podcast since then, but I forgot to talk about this. I didn't add this to the show notes because sometimes I'm just a dummy, and that is the whole Resident Evil cloud version. So uh, for those of you that didn't know, we already have a couple of Resident Evil games on the Nintendo Switch Uh, And now we're going to get another one. The next game in the series is Resident Evil 7 uh, that is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch, sorry. Um, And I know what you're thinking. That game has some pretty decent graphics. Uh, The fact that uh, it looks the way it does means bringing it to the Switch seems to be pretty crazy. How are they going to port a game like that to the Switch? Well, they're not. They're going to run it on a server and rent that game to you. Um, And this is not actually the first game to come to the Nintendo Switch that way. Previously, games like um, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 have come to the Switch that way. Now, the difference between that, which I'm okay with, and this, which I'm not really okay with, is um, Fantasy Star Online 2 is an online-only experience. That is an, it's, it's basically an MMO. And because it's an MMO, 
it makes sense that you would have to be connected to the internet all the time. Resident Evil 7 is a single player game and the idea of renting a single player game uh, that is running in the cloud, I don't really like that idea personally. Now, why would a developer do this? Well, simply put, They've got a game that they've made. They put a lot of work into the game that they've made, and they're running that on, you know, much more powerful hardware like the PS4 or the Xbox One or a PC. I'm not sure if it's on PC, but I think it is. Um, And they're looking at the number of switches that are just flying off the shelves like switch is selling like crazy uh nintendo has said that they expect to sell 20 million switches this year alone this fiscal year so in uh in fiscal year 2018 uh ea has predicted that Nintendo will be selling, will will by the end of this calendar year, not fiscal year, but calendar year, so ending in December 31st, EA is predicting that Nintendo will have sold 30 million Switches. That's a lot of potential customers that Capcom is looking at and saying, this game is too powerful to run on the Switch, and it's way too much work to bring uh, to, you know, bring in some lower res textures and um, do all that stuff in order to make it so it runs on the Switch. So why do all that, porting a game to a much less powerful console, when you can just run it in the cloud with applications that we know already are working? For instance, uh, there is a company called Rainway, which I've talked about on the show before. Uh, they were bragging that they were going to be able to stream games from your Steam uh, com- from Steam computer over to whoops, I just hit my Stream Deck uh, over to uh, the Switch uh, using their Rainway app, and they were talking about how they were how they could do it, and they already they showed pictures of it running on uh, Switch Dev Kit, which is all well and good, but Nintendo would never approve that. What would nin- what Nintendo would approve is a company like Capcom. Uh, selling a game that way rather than allowing me to play whatever the hell I felt like on my Switch because Nintendo doesn't want people playing certain kinds of games on the Switch, I bet, uh, if they're the same Nintendo that we've always known. Um, so I can I can totally understand why Capcom would do this. I'm not personally interested in it, though. Now, how much is it going to cost to play this game on the Switch? It depends on how long it takes you to finish it, which could sound really bad, but I think the pricing structure is probably okay. Um, let me look at it here. It says, um, uh, let's see, you can play it for 15 minutes for free. So you get the first 15 minutes just to try it out. And after that, it's going to cost 2,000 yen, which translates to roughly $18. Uh, and that will last you 180 days. Now, if you don't finish in that 180 days and you don't re-up your subscription, I've heard, and I don't know this for sure, that the save game gets deleted. And I think that a lot of people would be very unhappy about that. And for me, I know that most people could probably finish the game in that amount of time. Uh, I mean, easily you could finish the game in that amount of time. But the idea that I feel like I'm being forced to finish it in that, that amount of time is just a kind of a big turnoff for me. And it makes me not interested in playing this game on the Switch. Um, if I'm going to play Resident Evil 7, which I'm probably not because I don't like super gory games, uh, I'm going to play it on PS4. I'm going to play it on the platform 
that it's going to be best on not just best graphics but the best overall experience and if if i take the switch and the playstation or the xbox or my pc most of the time i feel like the switch is the best place to play the game but there are some games that are just going to be a better experience playing on the playstation or playing on your xbox and i think that overall Resident Evil 7 is best played on one of those other platforms and playing it on the Switch, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Now, if they had a downloaded version where you don't have to have a constant access to the internet, then I think that that would be okay. But as it is now, I'm not ready for it. I, I don't think that this is really a good idea. Res TV in chat says, keep extra pants handy for changing into if you're playing that. Um, he wants me to play it on PSVR. I don't have a PSVR, uh, yet. I might be getting one when my son is a little bit older. Um, I have a PlayStation 4 Pro and I want to play PSVR, especially Beat Saber because that looks awesome. But, you know, they have those warnings on it that you're not supposed to use it if you're under 13. And my son is about to turn 10 and, you know, it makes me a little uneasy uh letting him use it and then i also feel a little guilty for having it in the house if he can't use it because it's this cool technology thing and he loves technology like he's in tech club at school and uh he wants to be a programmer when he's older and you know all that stuff i just feel like it would be kind of mean of me to have a psvr in the house uh, and not let him use it. But then at the same time, I don't want him to use it because I've heard it might be bad for his eyes or something like that. Uh, but that might be, I mean, I've, I've, at this point, we've completely gone down a rabbit hole, but that might be like one of those things where our parents were always yelling at us to not sit so close to the TV, which honestly, I don't understand why I did when I was a kid, because now if I sit on the floor, it is very uncomfortable. And we had these couches. Like, why didn't I just sit on the couch? I don't know. So for those of you that didn't know, um, South Park, the the newest one, Fractured, is uh, kind of buggy on the Nintendo Switch. And I don't know if it's buggy on the other platforms as well, but on the Nintendo Switch, uh, there is a game breaking bug where if you go into a certain like a phone booth, you're following somebody into a phone booth and um, you'll get caught in a loading loop and then it will delete your saves. And I. I when that happened, I've been telling everybody, and I've talked about this a couple times now, but I've been telling everybody, don't play your game yet. Just wait. If you already bought the game, just wait or try and return it if you're unhappy. Um, it'll get fixed eventually. Well, Ubisoft has finally, finally uh, gotten around to fixing it. The patch is now live. This comes from uh, Nintendo Everything, and it says here, um, this is the information that Ubisoft passed along. Uh, it says, we're committed to continued improvements to the game to give you the best experience possible and we'll soon release a patch for the Nintendo Switch. The patch has been submitted to Nintendo and the process for deployment usually takes two weeks. In the meantime, we ask that players continue to only use the first three save positions, not including the autosave. You can find more details on safely moving to your first three save slots here and there's a link there. You can follow that if you go to the show notes. 
Uh, they, they also said that, so now I'm not going to read the rest of the patch notes, but I guess the patch is now out today and people who had already experienced that bug, they're saved. Like this is as per like people posting on Reddit, their saves are back. So people are getting their saves back. They weren't actually deleted. They were just hidden from the user. So the user couldn't actually load them. Uh, so I guess that now that that bug has been fixed, uh, people are probably going to be a lot more happy. Uh, Super 80s says South Park is fun. I am enjoying it. Um, he also says it's the fake T-Mobile store. So I guess it's not a phone booth. It's a T-Mobile store. Uh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Putting is reminding me, don't forget to floss. I went to the dentist yesterday and they said, you, your teeth are great, but you need to floss more. So there you go. Um, let's see. Link 31254 has been waiting ever since I announced that uh, that patch issue. He has been waiting to finish playing his game. So now he's going to be getting back to it. Uh, Triforce Sword wants to know how to donate to the channel. Um, if the, if you're watching this on Twitch, you just scroll down and on the bottom or actually really close to the top. I think there's a blue thing that says you can support the channel or something like that. Um, and thank you very much, Triforce Sword. I appreciate it. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. So with the Wii and the Wii U, we had like little avatars called Miis. And those were, ba you know, they were actually pretty fun. They were based on like, I guess, some kind of doll over in Japan that has no arms and no legs um and they were really fun they were they didn't have a lot of detail but nintendo had done a really great job with the options and you could pretty much make a face that really represented you in a very good way in fact nintendo even had like these contests and there was a whole channel where you could on the wii where you could um have like a they would say make mario and everybody would try and make mario and then people would vote on which mario they thought was the best Ma mario out of all the Miis. and when they brought the switch out they they kind of left the Miis behind i mean they're there a little bit you can have one as your avatar um like on the channel page or uh, uh, not channel page on the uh, on, left, on like the home screen of the switch and i really uh I, I like that i think it's cool but because there's no real games to play with them they've kind of fallen out of um people really don't pay attention to them anymore and the only two places or actually the only place i can personally think of where you can uh use a me is in Mario Kart, where you can, you know, you they have that that me as a character. Uh, it looks like you, and it's wearing different um, different outfits based on what amiibo that you used or something like that. Like the Pac Man, if you use the Pac Man amiibo, um, then the the helmet that your me wears has like a Pac Man on the back of it, gobbling up dots as you go. It's really cool. Uh, but for the most part, me's have been forgotten. Now, there's a reason why I'm talking about this, and that is. Uh, apparently, you are going to be able to make Miis on your computer. And let me just paste that. If you go to studio.me.nintendo.com, uh, that's the that's the Nintendo or the, I'm sorry, the the Me Studio. You can now work on your Miis without having the Switch. And this makes me wonder if there's going to be something coming out at E3 or something mentioned later this year from Nintendo that features the Miis again in a way that hasn't been 
uh, the, like with the switch up so far. Uh, so I'm very curious as to why they would suddenly bring this back because you can still edit your me on the switch. It's just not really used for anything. Uh, but I'm curious as to what you guys think. Why don't you let me know by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of me on Twitter uh, at runjumpstomp, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. I'm a coming, Luigi! All right, one more story that is going to be really, really fast, and then uh, a video that I want you guys to check out if you don't mind. Uh, the first, or the story is that Psyonix is bringing brand new maps to Rocket League. This one is at a beach, and it looks really cool. Uh, it's got a real 80s vibe from the uh, from the video. You can find. Uh, you can you can see the video if you just click on the link in the show notes. Uh, another video that I want you to check out if you've got time is uh, my first look at I can't remember the name of the game Punch Club. Uh, Punch Club is this really interesting game. It's actually out now, but I posted my first look on my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/runjumpstomp, and on that channel, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on that channel. Uh, or on that video is what I meant to say. Um, you know, I play through the first 10 minutes or so of the game. It is like a, um, a tycoon kind of game where you are in charge of becoming a better fighter or a better boxer. And you don't actually fight by pushing buttons in the game. You fight by selecting the moves that your character will use and then get hitting a button and getting into a fight. And watching the character's energy drop and skills increase. And then you can go after that. You got to eat in order to get your, your energy back up and maybe go to the gym and run on the treadmill for a while or lift some weights in order to increase your stats for strength training. And, uh, you know, I've only played about 15, 16 minutes of the game so far. Uh, but what I did play, I had fun. Now, my only criticism so far was that in the fighting I felt like I didn't have anything to do. Uh, so it's not like I, it's, uh, you know, what I assumed by watching the video was that it was like a rhythm game where I, you know, when the red dot floated up, I had to push a certain button, but that's not it. The, when the red dot floats up, that means that what you've done has increased your strength or what you've done has increased your stamina for a blue dot or something like that. I can't remember. Um, I think that the game looks like it could be a lot of fun, and it's definitely the type of game that uh, would work well on a portable platform. Um, and because of that, I'm definitely going to be checking out the game some more. Uh, so if you want to check out that first look video, make sure you head on over to youtube.com slash runjumpstomp, and uh, it'll be at the top, or you can just follow the link in the show notes. Pitfall, a jungle adventure game designed by David Crane from Activision. All right, let's finish up with an email, a review, and then we'll get out of here. The email is from Ethan. They say, hey, it's Ethan, or Triforce Sword. I listen to you all the time. You persuaded me to buy uh, Splatoon 2 and Super Mario Odyssey, and now I can't stop playing them. I now have my eye on other games because of you. You are an actual inspiration for an upcoming college kid like me. I hope one day to work on the on work for the PlayStation podcast, but that doesn't mean I'm not a Nintendo fanboy. Have any podcast tips? I love your show. Keep it up. P.S. Your wife makes the best Doc Socks in the world, literally, 
and awesome hat. And look at that. I'm wearing the hat right now. All right. Uh, Ethan, thank you very much for the email and for the very, very kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, as far as podcasting, if you want to be a podcaster, the only thing that you need to do is find something that you really like to talk about and hit record. You don't have to have the best equipment. I did not start out with the best equipment. I started out with uh, the microphone behind me, which if you're watching the YouTube video or the Twitch video live, uh, you can see the microphone that I'm pointing at behind me right now. Uh, That was a Samson Meteor mic. And that mic was like $60, which is that at the time I thought, woof, I'm spending a lot of money on that microphone. And you know what? That microphone served me well while I was using it, and uh, it still works, but I wanted to upgrade eventually. Um, But overall, you don't have to have the best equipment. You just start with whatever it is that you can afford. Find a topic that you really like to talk about. There are ways to get your podcast out there for free, and the biggest hurdle is to... um, to come up with whatever it is that you want for um, hosting. There, I couldn't get that word out of my brain. Uh, hosting, I use fireside.fm to host my podcast, and that's because they also give me uh, this really fantastic-looking website. Like, if I go here, like, this is my website, and I, I don't know how to make a website. I used to do HTML a million years ago, back when I was a cryptographer for the Army, uh, but I... I don't know how to do modern website design. And I think that they make a really good looking website. Like, look at this. I can I can go and look at all of the guests that have been on my show before. Uh, there's all of the subscription buttons down there. I think Fireside is a really, really good platform. And I don't get anything if anybody signs up through like... Um, through my link or anything like that. I don't get anything. So that's just me saying I'm very happy with Fireside. But that's, you know, that's a more expensive option. My mic is a very expensive microphone. And that's because over time, once I had an audience, you know, the audience was contributing through my Patreon. I take that money that they send and I don't just use it to buy um, ho-hos down at the store. I reinvest it into... Um, better lighting for like I've got a couple of studio lights over there I've got this really expensive microphone I've got my mixer now and but you don't have to start like that you can start lower quality and if your content is good then people will listen even though the quality is low now that being said if you're going to do a podcast you want to uh, you 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 definitely definitely, definitely want to increase your production value as much as you can, because there are some people like me who will kind of be a snob about it. And if I listen to a podcast and the quality doesn't sound very good, I'll just be like, well, I'd listen to somebody else instead. Um, It's not that I hold anything against people who don't have the best equipment or anything. It's just I know that that there's better quality out there. And I'm less likely to give somebody a chance if they don't have the best quality. But my my podcast, I feel like, is very successful. I never, ever, ever thought that I would have as many people listening to the or watching this. Um, I just do this because it's fun. Uh, and I would do it even if nobody was listening because I did it with nobody listening for like two years. Um, so 
now that I've got that all out of the way, thank you very much, um, Ethan, for emailing me. Um, if you if you want to talk about something and you're passionate about it, just hit record and eventually you will find an audience. You know, that's my advice to you. If you want to email me, uh, you can do so runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Let's move on to a review. Uh, Christian Omar gave the show five stars. They said, best Switch podcast, very informative and professional. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Christian, for the review. Uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts are huge as far as getting traction, uh, getting people to find you. If you have no reviews, it's really difficult. If you've got low reviews, it's very difficult. And the more reviews that you have, the easier the, the easier it is for somebody to say, you know what, I'll give that a shot. So uh, if you use an Apple device, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and just review the show. Uh, it would be a big, big help to me. All right, let's get out of here. All right, everybody, we are out of here. Um, don't forget that if you want to watch the full show, you can either head over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and watch live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. and on Saturdays whenever. Just make sure you hit that follow button so that you're notified next time that I go live. Uh, if you can't watch live because you're busy at those times or if you don't like using Twitch, then you can head on over to youtube.com slash runjumpstomp and you can watch the full show there. Um don't forget to hit the subscribe button and then there's a little bell next to the subscribe button which will that's the alert bell and it'll let you know every time i post something new which is probably three or four times a week i will post a new video on there um let's see what else if you are looking to support my content you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you uh once you're over there there are a lot of different links that you can use to support the show I really appreciate all of the people who have supported the show so far, and this show would not be the same without the live chatters, so I'm going to read you their names right now. These are awesome people who hang out with me uh, every time that I'm live, just about. We've got Adisol6, Awate86, uh, Kano, Link31254, Mikey B. Playing, Fisto, Pudding, Retro underground res tv slow cool super 80s tf wagner the casual cleric you guys are awesome i will see you all next time make sure you check out tom winter and note block it's their music that you hear on the audio version of this uh stay awesome bye bye <laughs>